Hey everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're gonna find two things in this feed. In this season, you're gonna find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois. And you're gonna find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're gonna find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. Beautiful, beautiful. I am excited to preach to you uh, today. I'm feeling, feeling good. I, uh, I'm feeling good. Do you ever feel like people want you to care about something, like the media or the people around you really want you to care about something, but you don't actually care about it? Has it ever happened to you? Like, um, I don't care if the University of Michigan's football team is stealing signs from another team, if that's something, I just don't care about it. I just don't care about it. I don't care about, if, I'm just, and this, if you want to judge me for this, it's fine. I really don't care that much if they're kind of mean at SeaWorld to the Dolphins. I just don't care that much about it or the whales. I just, I know, that's fine. Okay, it's okay. I, you can care about it. I just don't care about it. I, li- I just like the thing. I know. Sorry, Marissa, you look devastated. I know. Sometimes I have felt that way about Thanksgiving personally myself. There have been years in my life where I was barely holding it together. And the idea of stopping to just spend a whole week gushing all over the Internet and all over the people around me about all the things that I felt blessed about, I was kind of like, I'm not really feeling it. Sort of not. Anybody honest enough in the room today that could say I've been I've had a year like that? Or been there a few people. Yeah, maybe maybe this is this year for you. I uh, there's been times where I was just like I'm. I guess I know that I'm supposed to feel like oh the sun and the donuts and the and and safety and and, and the schools are so and I'm supposed to feel all this stuff, but I just don't really like feel it. Really, like I just don't really feel it. And that is because for many people and the kind of cultural remembrance that we have of the holidays is a vision of uh, happiness that is tied to my situation or circumstance. So I'm grateful because I have a bunch of loving people all around me. Does that mean that I won't be if I don't anymore? I'm really grateful because I have my health and it's sunny outside. Does that mean that then I don't have to be if I don't have those things anymore? I want to try to aim for something a little higher for us today. Um, You should be thankful. You should be thankful, friend. Uh, I'm going to give you the end from the beginning. If you doze off between now and the end, you'll have already gotten it right now at the very start. Why should I be thankful? The answer is because you are chosen by a holy God who loves you. That's a way better reason to be thankful than... I can afford to buy a few presents this year. So I want to show it to you all over the scripture today. Um, We have a way in our culture, all of us do, of like, how do I feel okay when things aren't going the way that I want them to go? Uh, Nelson Mandela from South Africa said that the greatest glory in living lies not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. That's a vision of survival there he is that's a vision of survival that is even if my situation is bad 
I can try again. It's pretty good. Franklin Roosevelt, the president during the Second World War, said, when you reach the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hang on. Same idea. It's this idea that, like, I can't, I mean, it's crazy. When that picture was taken, he was in a wheelchair under the table, and our country didn't even know. So what do you do? You make the best of the situation? You kind of, uh, one of our great cultural theologians, um, Taylor Swift, says she blames, she goes, yeah, she blames everything on herself. She says, it's me, actually. I'm the problem. It's me. If I just blame myself, uh, there she is, yeah. She's at, she somehow, you don't realize this, you're giving her money right now just from looking at that picture. You don't even realize it. We all have a way of, uh, church people, Heidel, the Heidelberg Catechism, which was written in 1563, its first question. This was designed to teach people how to live in faith. Uh, says this, what is your only comfort in life and death? Very first words say, I am not my own but belong with body and soul, both in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. My comfort, my thing to be thankful for through the up and the down, the high and the low, the triumphs and the losses, is very simple. I am chosen. This is all through the Bible. Uh, first, God chose to have people at all. So I'm going to take you all over the Bible today. Uh, have you ever paused to think God was just fine without all of us? The Bible paints a picture of a holy God who was completely satisfied in and of himself and then chose to create people. There's something sort of beautiful about that idea that God didn't need us, but he wants us anyway. Uh, God created people through Adam and Eve. Then he chose a family when things started falling apart through Noah. Uh, this is what's being pointed at. First Chronicles 16, 13 says, O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his, there's the word, Chosen ones. It's this idea that God's chosen people in the Old Testament and New are the people that he wanted. Uh, David in Psalm 33 says the same thing when he's talking, says this. He says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has, there it is, chosen as his heritage. Uh, God eventually, through people's rebellion, decided, you know what, I won't, I won't have the whole world. I'll just take one country for my own uh, and then the people of israel all through the old testament spit on god's gift over and over and over but it's this idea uh, isaiah 41 9 says it this way you whom i took from the ends of the earth and called from the cor uh, farthest corners saying to you you are my servant i have chosen you and not cast you off this paints this beautiful picture of a god who chooses us even though we so often don't choose him. So three things I came to say. If you write things down, uh, I hope you'll get some of these today. First this, I am chosen by love. I am chosen, the manner in which I am chosen by God is by love. This is in 1 Thessalonians 1, Paul says, For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you. Why is this significant? Um, because to be chosen by love is to be chosen for uh, a sustaining, never-ending reason that is not temporary. So you could be chosen, let's just say, uh, by convenience or obligation or manipulation. But to be chosen is something more significant than that because you are chosen by love. So a lot of the choices that we make, um, the things that we choose are 
by convenience. I fill up my gas at this place, not because it's my favorite gas station, I really like the person inside, but because there was zero miles, like it said I had zero miles till it was empty and then I've been driving for like a half an hour past that and so it's probably about time to stop if you're anything like me. So it was convenient. It was the place that was right here. I go to Dunkin' Donuts because it's right there. I, it's that's cho chosen by convenience. Some things are, are chosen by obligation. Uh, I'm not going to make you raise your hands, but some of us are going to spend a few hours on Thursday eating food with people that we wouldn't choose if we had all the choice, but we ended up in the same bloodline by marriage or somehow or another, and so we're going to spend Thanksgiving together. That's chosen by obligation. I personally find, like, I don't want to get into this all and fight with you guys today, but the whole way in which, like, we all decided one of our best eating days is going to be organized around a very mediocre meat. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not with it. So why are you going to eat turkey? You're going to eat turkey because you're obligated to eat turkey. So it's what you're supposed to do or whatever. If we were all choosing, it would be a little different. But I think we understand what it is to be, what it is for something to be chosen by obligation. It's because I, I had to. Some things are chosen even by manipulation. You may have ended up before in your life in a job where what they said it was and what it ended up being were two very different things. You might have ended up in a job before. I got an amen from somewhere from that. I don't know what that was about. Hopefully you don't work here. Uh, some, uh, it was over near Christian, but it wasn't Christian. Thank the good Lord. Uh, you may have ended up in a, a dating relationship or, God forbid, even a marriage before with someone where I thought it was one thing, but now I realize when I got all the way into it, it was something else. These are all the different ways that things can be chosen, but God chose us, well, it says in Ephesians 1, that God chose us in him, that's speaking of Jesus, see it there, before the foundation of the world. So the fact that you would know God, think about this for just a second, let it go all the way down into your mind, heart, and soul. The fact that you would know the God of the universe that was selected for you by God before, there was, before he said, let there be light. You were already in God's plans. Before he separated the darkness from the waters, before Adam, before Noah, before Abraham, before Moses, before the Lord Jesus walked the earth, before the United States ever existed, you were already selected by God. Why? Well, because he has a purpose that you should be holy and blameless. But here it is. In love, he predestined us. That's just another word for chose. He chose us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Why did he do that? According to the purpose of his will. You have been chosen. Now some people don't like that because some of us are a little bit more contrarian or rebellious of spirit and we like to choose things for ourselves. I don't know, maybe you have a kid like this in your family or someone like this in your life where the best way to get them to do something is to tell them you don't want them to do it. I really hope you don't wake up and make your bed tomorrow. I don't, does anyone have one of those in their life somewhere where, the, yeah, the contrarian thing, yeah. The, there's a lot of those people come at 1045. That's kind of more their vibe. <laughs> Why would I wake up early and have the rest of the day when I could spend five more minutes in bed and take up half the day? So some of us don't like the idea of being chosen because we would rather be the one doing the choosing. And what's confusing is because the way that we experience most of us, Jesus and the time when we come into relationship with him, most of us experience it like we chose him. 
Just take yourself back to that day, whenever it was, when you chose faith in Jesus Christ. That may have been in a church service of some kind. It may have been some big Christian-type event. You, you may have, like, walked an aisle or raised a hand or thrown a stick in a fire or nailed your sins to a cross or who knows what the manner was. But in that time, are you bringing that to your mind? In that time, the experience of it was like, I'm choosing. And this is the, uh, the way that God allows us to experience it. He draws us to himself so beautifully and subtly often that our experience is that we're choosing him, even though it's because he's already chosen us. Why is that significant? That's significant because I want to suggest to you that it's better news for you and better news for me that you were chosen by God than if you had chosen him. Here's why it's better news. If you chose God by your own strength, that means if your strength goes away, you might lose him. But if he chose you by love before the world even existed, then nothing you can do, no matter what foolish choice you fall into or little pathway of distraction gets in your way, you cannot fall out of relationship with God if he's the one holding on to you instead of you holding on to him. That's really, really, really good news. So the way that we, uh, well, it's like this. Um, our choices do affect the quality of our life. But our choices do not affect the quantity of God's love for us. We have to learn, I think, most of us, to see those two things as, as separate things. Um, so, I don't know, if you like get crazy in your mind and like run up and steal the offering box off the wall right now and like run out, I can already tell you, like there's going to be nothing in there right now. But <laughs> if you decide to do that, that's going to affect probably your relationship with us. I think reasonably so, right? I think it's reasonable. Yeah, that would like be a bit of a vibe. But it won't affect God's love for you. I experienced this, and I'm sure some people in the room can understand this. You experience this so much in parenting uh, because it is similar that the choices that your children make affect the day-to-day of your relationship. But no matter how much they drive you crazy, it does not change your love for them. Am I, can I get a witness anywhere in the room? Yeah. Yeah. Can I get a witness? All the parents that are in the room right now walking through the adolescent teenage, all those years, and like all of them that are looking at me right now, like, how did you know I was like praying about wanting to choke that kid on the way over here today? <laughs> they can't ruin your love because you chose to have the child to raise the child in the first place. I'm trying to draw this parallel. You are chosen by love, and that is really good news for you. Second, you're chosen by relationship. You're chosen for relationship. You are chosen for relationship. Psalm 65.4 says this. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. Do you see it there? Uh, David is describing the relationship that God wants to have with you and me. And he says, blessed is the one you choose and bring near. There's a difference between uh, being chosen to stand over there and being chosen to be brought close. God didn't choose you, sort of like put you in the corner to stay far away. 
God chose you for a relationship. And many of us have um, a difficult time believing that God wants to have a relationship with us because we don't feel like we measure up or we have confusing relationships with authority or whatever. So I was in this room the other day, um, and I looked down, my phone was ringing, and it said the name of my old high school basketball coach. You know how your phone can like tell you who's, who's like ringing or whatever? And I'm telling you, like within a hundredth of a second, I had a pit in my stomach. That like right now, I'm just telling the story again, and I'm feeling that like, and I looked down, and I was like, oh no. And right then, right through my mind, it's like, am, am I late for practice? Am I gonna have to, am I gonna have to run wind sprints? Did I do something wrong? Did I forget that this like feeling of overwhelming like nervousness? He was calling to talk about uh, my son who's playing at the high school and. I was like so nervous and I was stammering. I don't even know what I was saying. I saw him in the hallway picking Carter up from practice and I got all nervous. Like, and it's like, like 23 years ago, this person's approval really, really mattered to me. Because this was the person who was going to decide who got to get in the game and who got to play. And if they, I mean, it's crazy to think the way it works. If they told me to run, I mean, it was back, that was a long time ago. Back then, they could like yell, they could scream, they could do whatever they wanted. It was the dark ages. People were allowed to have authority over children back then before. <laughs> There was no cell phones, there was no parents calling, nobody could video anything. I mean, it was just like, run till I say stop, and when you puke, you're just getting started. It was kind of the vibe <laughs> of those. And it was, it was like this, I was trying, I like spent all this time trying to figure out in my head, why did just the opportunity to talk to this person? And I had a wonderful experience playing sports. This, I had a wonderful experience with this person. I'm not trying to cast any uh, shade at all. Simply to say that when you have a significant desire to please an authority figure, it lasts a really, really, really long time. So if you never quite got that uh, mom is proud of me, dad believes in me, itch scratched in your life, you are really prone to not totally, totally believe that God didn't just choose you, he also chose you for relationship. If you have a lot of rejection in your past or broken pieces and things that you've been through, or if you had the first person who told you about Jesus or maybe a pastor somewhere along the way, if you had someone significant in your life that you never quite felt like you measured up in their eyes, it can be difficult to believe that this is true. God chose you for relationship. He chose you by love. He chose you for relationship. Three, uh, you're chosen with an assignment. You're chosen with an assignment. God uh, chose us because he has a job for us to do. Uh, Colossians 3.12 says, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. The fact that you are one of God's chosen ones means that God has a desire for how he wants you to live, what he wants you to do. He has things in mind for you. This is my favorite way this shows up in the scripture. This is the book of Acts in chapter 9, and uh, this is the story of Saul turning to Paul. And if you know anything about the story, this is like the number one guy who hates Christians, and then God miraculously transforms him so that he is like the number one person trying to convince people to become Christians. It is as dramatic as if you got out of church today and saw that Trump went on TV saying, you know what, I've just decided we're going to let Biden stay in. He's doing such a great job. We just want him to stay. It is as dramatic of a turn as if you saw 
turned on the TV today and saw Aaron Rodgers wearing a Bears t-shirt. It is like the most dramatic turn you can possibly fathom that Paul goes from one side to another. And in God describing what he has in mind for Paul, it says this, the Lord said to him, this is speaking of Paul, he says, go, for he is a, I want you to just get this phrase in your mind, chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. You are chosen with an assignment. You are breathing in and out. You are breathing in and out. Living on this planet. In this very moment. For a reason and a purpose. And it is that God has an assignment for you. And his assignment for you, whether you are old or young or rich or poor or listening or distracted or counting the seconds until I hope, I think maybe it gets out at 10, maybe only like six or seven more minutes he's only got left. Wherever you are listening to my voice right now, it is this. God has an assignment for you, and your assignment is to take the name of Jesus with you everywhere that you go. The reason why um, we got a reputation, people of faith, we got a reputation as being kind of like the weirdos, right? I think we did, didn't we? Somewhere along the way, like, and if I'm being honest, like, sometimes it's for, like, a decent reason. Like, most of the weirdest people I've ever met are Christians, I think. Is that, kind of get a witness anywhere? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, maybe a few of them are even here right now. Yeah, I, um, and the reason I think for that is this. We have this way of, uh, if we're not careful, being all about what we're saying at the expense of being all about what we're doing. The way that the, the mission that's described here, the assignment that you have been given, is that wherever you go, Jesus is with you. Wherever you go, you bring who Jesus is and what he's done with you. That's a little bit different than like um, telling all the people that you work with that you love Jesus and then being bad at your job so they all despise you and Jesus or whatever that thing um, you can't get people to stop talking about the things that they're excited about when good things my friend I saw my friend Nora who's here her three kids are all like en route to coming home for Thanksgiving from college in various places and she is so excited about right now she like could barely contain herself from smiling the moment I saw her this morning because it's just this like she's gonna get to see all her kids for Thanksgiving oh my gosh it's awesome she didn't have to like say to herself in her mind you know what I should do you know what I should do? I should seem excited about the fact that my kids are coming home when I see the people at church this morning. It is the natural extension of what she's thinking and feeling and is about right now. This is what I mean. My dad used to say it this way. I think it's a good way to say it. When you bump somebody, they spill what they're full of. You can't get people to stop talking about the things that they are passionate about, the things that they believe in, the stuff that's going on. I, uh, the reason why sometimes we struggle to make an impact by a God who chose us in the world that we're living in, is we see talking about Jesus as a task instead of an identity. When you're excited about who Jesus is and what he's done in your life, it comes out naturally without you having to try or work hard to figure out how to bring it up. And human beings are, uh, <laughs> human beings are really, really good at spreading the news about the stuff that they're into. Better than we realize. 
uh, human beings, especially in the day and age that we're living in now, are amazing brand ambassadors for whatever the stuff that they are into. Um, I saw a few people this morning, you know, who even knowing that there's decently good coffee that's being made for you because you are the person you are had to get your Starbucks on the way in. I always find it quite charming how many people can show up five minutes late, Starbucks in hand, with no shame as they just wander in. Oh, so you're late because you had to get your Starbucks. Got it. Okay, cool. So some people are like, that's their thing. But then you got those other people that are like really they're like Dunkin' Donuts, like loud and proud kind of people. Um, if you spend any much time around me at all, I, uh, there's this coffee shop up the street in the train station, and uh, they just, I'm their number one customer this year in the whole place. I have more points in the like rewards. Than I, I'm very proud of it. That was all with black coffee too, not all that fancy stuff you guys get. I feel very proud. See, right now I can't stop but tell you about it because I'm, <laughs> half the people in this room have been there with me at some point this year. What am I, my point is that we can't, um, people love to talk about their sports team that they love. They love to tell you by the hat that they're wearing or the shirt that they're wearing or they got a sticker on the car they're carrying the name of the thing that they're excited about everywhere. Have you ever uh, known anybody who's, whose kid went to Harvard? Well, you would know because they would have brought it up to you like in the first 30 seconds of talking to them. They're like, that's people whose kids go to the Ivy League and vegans and like people, <laughs> people who do CrossFit. Atheists is a good one, yeah. And um, people who like sell those oils that are like better than medicine. They can't help it. Am I telling the truth? Because they just feel so excited, passionate about the thing that they're into. This is true about people's um, car. I, uh, for a while, decided I just wasn't going to be friends with anybody where when they text you in the group chat, it shows up as green and like messes it all up. Do you have any of those people in your life? It's like, just go with the program already. Like we all just kind of decided we were going to give all our, just go with the program and be one of those Apple people. No, okay, I'm, yeah, that one didn't go over as well in the room. I get it. Uh, there's people that are like all about their political affiliation or their uh, fraternity that they're part of or the thing. And my point that I'm trying to make, I'm trying to have fun with it as I make it, is that people don't struggle to talk about the things that they're passionate about. We live in a day and age and in the world where uh, people have been told that your racial, ethnic background is the most important thing about you, even more important than your faith. That's one of the things that we're working to try to shift here. We increasingly live in a time where people can't imagine getting along or even seeing humanity in people who are from a different uh, political background that they are. One time I like tweeted something that I didn't really like, this one Beyonce song and like this hive that she has like showed up in my mentions. I don't know if you know anything about it. They're crazy. The beehive, I think they're called. And I was like, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. Because people have this level of passion and enthusiasm about the thing that they're part of that they can't stop talking about. And so I wonder um, what it would look like for you today for it to go all the way down to the bottom of your heart, the truth that you're not an accident or a mistake or past your prime or trying to dig yourself out of some stupid choices back here, there, or everywhere, 
that every part of the path that you're on, the smooth parts and the potholes, is because you have been chosen by a holy God who loves you. You were selected. Beautifully, you were not selected because there was something that God could see in you. Uh, we just went through with all three of my boys' basketball tryouts. And basketball tryouts is like the coach trying to figure out who's good and who can I see maybe being good in the future? Who can help us contribute? Who can help us make things happen? God didn't select you because he thought you were going to be this awesome member of his team that he couldn't wait to mold into something incredible. God chose you simply because he chose you. And he didn't just choose you uh, like, fine, okay, fine. He chose you by love. He chose you for relationship. He chose you with an assignment. And I want to just say uh, to all of us, who many of us are blessed in all kinds of different ways, and I think we do a pretty decent job at this time of year of saying, I could feel when Bobby was making that announcement at the beginning, man, like, I'm so thankful that I can buy toys for my kids. I would love to buy some toys for some families that don't have it. I can feel that's easy here. It is easy for us to look at our externals and say, I feel thankful because God has given me more than person X. That's fine, but that is not long-lasting. The way to always be thankful, the way to always have a heart that can't wait to praise and honor God is to know I am chosen. Now, there's this great story. I'm going to close with this, and then uh, Tara's going to come sing. I was kind of feeling like we could have used a little bit more of that and a little bit less of me in this service, so she's going to come sing. Uh, there's this great story uh, where the disciples are all hanging around with Jesus. And uh, I never really had considered this before, but it must have been pretty cool to be like in Jesus' crew. Like they were eating good and they were, I mean, he was making it all, just kind of, you know, or whatever. And I promise you this, Jesus never fed him turkey. I'll just do it that way, you will. And he's just manifesting it supernaturally. I'm sure it was not that. So the disciples, they're hanging out. We see that in the scripture a lot. There's this picture of a lot of relationship. And there's this one day where they're all, this woman who's like one of those girls uh, shows up and she opens this expensive perfume and she starts to wash Jesus' feet. That's like culturally very hard for us to pull together. It's the point is that they were walking all the time and they had dirty feet and she was trying to bring her best possession to honor who she considered now to be a king. And the disciples are kind of like weirded out by it. They're kind of like, what's she doing here? Doesn't she know we could have sold that and given it to the poor? That's what one of them said. There's this kind of sense that the, her expression was too much. And I wonder if sometimes the reason why we experience other people's enthusiasm as being too much or sometimes in the singing we're kind of like, ah, just can't we just is because we're I'm thankful kind of because I've done a pretty good job and built a pretty good life I'm thankful because like you know I mean I worked hard and I got to the right school and I overcame that you know that one bad thing that happened and I kind of made it to here and like I'm thankful because man things are pretty good and we struggle to see how often our affluence is an enemy of our enthusiasm for the reality that we are sunk, destined for death, beyond all belief with no hope, except for a holy God who chose us because he loves us. 
that's the thing that's like, that's the thing that makes me, I can't believe it. He didn't have to choose me. He didn't have to choose me. What's the difference between me and all the people over at the community center right now playing basketball and the people still in all these neighborhoods still asleep and the people in all kinds of churches where they're not even really telling the truth about the good news all over the place and people who are at work right now. And what's the difference between me and those people? It is not something good in me. It is the astonishing, overwhelming unfairness of the fact that God chose me. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is good news.